I've got my Dodger cap on. That is for sure. I don't know if I can spit steeds in the studio, but everything else is ready to go. The Dodgers are into the World Series for the third time in the four seasons, and it feels great to be back again. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests on the show will appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, and that will include Jorge Castillo, who is joining us at 1030. So we've got a whole bunch of things to get to, including your tweets. You can send them to me at Travis Rogers and your phone calls as well, 877-710-ESPN. Where do you start? Do you start with the 3-1 hole? Do you start with what we saw last night? Do you start with the big two-out hit from Will Smith? Do you start with the base running error? Do you start with the Hernandez home run, the Bellinger home run, the Mookie robbery? Do you talk with about Julio Urias and how he pitched in the game? That all happened last night. That all happened last night in one game, and this is where I want to start, right here. The amount of heart that the Dodgers showed in this series was extraordinary. When they were down 3-1, it felt like it was just about over. Now, if you heard me during the, 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 the hits during Key's show and Greeny's show, I think my exact words, look, they're in trouble, but it's not over. Asking the best team in baseball to win three games in a row is not a big deal. Asking the best team with a lineup that has Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner and Corey Seager to win three games in a row, you're not asking them to win 30 in a row, three. Of course they were able to do it. It wasn't easy. The Atlanta Braves are a good team, but the heart that they displayed not only allows them to go into the World Series for the third time in the fourth season, but I think what it's going to do is it's really going to free them up in the World Series. Think, think, think about what happened last night. They were getting ready last night, the night before, the night before that, to hear it all over again. To hear it all over again. The, man, they've got a high payroll. They've got star players, and they choke in the playoffs every single year. And they went out there in Game 5, loose. They went out there in Game 5, bam, home run. They went out there in Game 5, bam, another home run, back-to-back. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay. Now, that game was a tight game. They didn't score the rest of the game, but they were able to jump. Game 6, Will Smith with a late home run. Absolutely bonkers in that moment. But it's freed them up to keep it moving. It was just an amazing performance by them. I thought Dave Roberts pushed every right button in that game last night when he went and got May, when he went and got Gonsolin, when he made all of those moves. And I think that the most important move that he might have made all night was not doing anything in the last three innings. Letting Julio pitch those last three innings were extraordinary because that's not what he does. Look, let's, let's start right here. The Dodgers are into the World Series again because they won a Game 7. They won a Game 7. Clayton Kershaw was available, didn't see the field. They won a Game 7 with Kenley Jansen available and didn't see the field. Now, we just played a cut from Dave Roberts a minute ago talking about why he used Julio in the ninth inning. Oh, Kenley was been usage. Kenley Jansen threw 18 pitches. Let's let's pump the brakes on that. Okay, this was not a guy that had gone through a couple of wars two nights in a row, throwing 30-plus pitches and just barely escaped. Braves did him a huge favor in Game 5 where they swung at the first two pitches and the first two at-bats, two pitches, two outs. He threw six pitches in that game. He threw 12 pitches in the other one. So it's not like he had been burned up, but Dave, I think, got it exactly right by making the decision to leave Urias in there. I think that that absolutely was the right decision. I think that you just can't give him enough credit for that because the easy thing is, Kenley's my guy, we're going to go Kenley, we're going to do it, we'll see what happens. He let his eyes make that decision for the first time. I thought that was incredibly valuable to him. Is there anything 
Is there anything like a baseball playoff game, much less a game seven? I know that hockey people are oh, game seven in hockey, every shift, every time. Yeah, and, and you're right, they are. Every pitch, every swing, every decision in that game, you're just hanging on every single moment. Third inning, and all of a sudden, you've got a situation where you're thinking, okay, what do you do with your pitcher? Do you, do you, go, do you go get him right now? I mean, the starting pitcher came out after one inning, and it was the right decision. There's nothing like that in playoff baseball. Just absolutely nothing. 877-710-ESPN. That is your first number. Greg, you and I were texting a little bit about this last night and just back and forth. It was about as good of a baseball game as you're going to see because I thought with the exception of the base running, which we'll get to in a minute, I thought that both teams played really, really well. It's just that the Dodgers were a little bit better when they had to be. I thought that that was exactly what you would want out of a Game 7 in any sport whatsoever. That game was fantastic from start to finish. It was exciting. You had you had home runs. You had big plays. You had great defensive plays. Every bit of that game was just exactly what you would want out of a Game 7. And like you were saying, I thought that Dave Roberts was fantastic in that game. So much after being down 3-1, you had... All of Twitter, all of LA saying, Oh, Dave Roberts needs to go. What a terrible guy. What a terrible head coach he, or manager he is. And then now you, th- you sit back and you think about it for a second and you say, This guy is taking the Dodgers to the World Series three times in four years. Yeah, look, there are reasons to be critical of him at times. I I think that he does do some weird stuff with his bullpen every once in a while. I don't think yesterday was one of them. The only let's go back to the first inning last night. Let and and let's. I want to. I want to be diplomatic when I say this because I don't want to be disrespectful. Dustin May was pretty tight to start that game last night. There are other words for it. Scared. Nervous, whatever you 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 use the word that you think best describes it. I'm going to go with tight. I'm going to go with amped up. I'm going to go with that because he was first of all he was throwing 100 miles an hour, but he was nowhere near the strike zone. He was all over the place. Here's here's one of the things that I think will be really interesting going forward, and it's this: he walked the world in the first inning. He was nowhere near the strike zone. That felt like oh my goodness, he's going to give up three or four runs. This game's going to be over before we even get the hit. And he got out of it for the very same reason. I think you have to let him go a little bit longer. That's stuff. You, when you can't throw a strike and you load the bases because you can't throw a strike, and then all of a sudden you just start striking everybody out, there are not a lot of guys that can do that. This is not meant to be disrespectful to Clayton Kershaw, but here's the facts. He doesn't have that stuff anymore. He's not going to just be able to say, okay, forget it. I'm not messing around. I'm going to reach back. Here comes 100 miles an hour. If you get me, fine. I would love to see Dustin May get a little bit more rope going forward to see what he can do. See, I think that there's two different things that go to this. So, A, I agree with you. How often do we see a pitcher just not look very good in the first inning and maybe throw 20, 25 pitches, and you're like, ah, he just doesn't got it, and then he's, he's smooth the rest of the way for the next three, four innings. Although, But this is a Game 7 with a young guy who did not look good, and I thought Dave Roberts pulled him when he should have been pulled. Yeah, no – I'm not banging on the table that he should have gotten more innings last night. That's that's not the point. My point is, I think going into the World Series, like he's probably going to start another game. Absolutely. You're going to get Kershaw in game one. You're going to get Bueller in game two. And either Gonsolin or May probably in game three, depending on what you want to do with Julio. They're connected, right? Well, that's that's the question, right? Are they? Do they have to be? Because. I would love to see both of those guys. Now, look, they're they're both incredibly inexperienced. Neither one of them have pitched 100 innings in the major leagues. It feels like they've been around forever because they're so good. Neither one of those guys have pitched 100 major league innings yet. 
I mean, that that's extraordinary to think about. So maybe you do connect them, but I would love to see Dustin May, especially if we're talking early in the series, get an opportunity, especially if the Dodgers win a couple of these games, or maybe if only they win one of these games, to get an opportunity to work through the, that, okay, this is the World Series, my heart's banging out of my chest, that moment right there. Because I think he will settle in. I think that he will be what we're talking about. Look, look at what Max Fried did in Game uh, 5. Gave up a couple of home runs in that first inning, and then nothing the rest of the way. Sometimes, yeah, how many times have you heard it? If you're going to get this guy, you better get him early. Because if you don't get him early, you're not going to get him at all. And I think he falls into that category. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think Dustin May can be that guy. And in the World Series, when he's starting, if it's like Game 2, Game 3, whatever it happens to be, because I think they may mess around with Bueller. He may not start Game 2. Um, so either way, if wherever he's going, they're going to let him go a little bit deeper, especially in the beginning part of that. Because now you've seen that this team can actually go deep in a series. And if you see a pitch, if they see a pitcher twice... They're going to get him. Yeah. Just like Max Fried and just like Ian Anderson. Both times they saw him twice and they, and they got him later on. It's a great point on Anderson. Don't forget that you can be a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. What, what I think it was 73. He threw 73 pitches through three innings last night. Anderson did. And look, he's tough. But you knew once you got in there, once you got in there and started putting some pressure on that bullpen, it was going to crack. We saw him do it against the Padres in the other series. We saw them just, okay, fine. We got this guy, he's cooking. Next guy, he's cooking. You ain't going to get six guys to cook on the same night. One of those guys is going to have a bad night and Bang, and that's exactly what the Dodgers were able to do. All right, we're going to take your phone calls, 877-710-ESPN. We're going to read your tweets at Travis Rogers. Boog Shambi is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. All of that is coming up next. Plus, I'm going to tell you the unsung hero of that Dodger series. You didn't say his name a lot, but he was invaluable. That's all coming up next on a Celebration Monday here on 710 ESPN. What a game last night. The Dodgers into the World Series again. A bomb from Kike Hernandez, a bomb from Cody Bellinger, and you got to wonder what that means for Cody Bellinger moving forward as well. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here's some straight talk for you. You know whose name is not going to get said enough about why the Dodgers are into the World Series? We're going to say Julio's name. We're going to say Bellinger's name. We're going to say Kike's name. All of those guys. The guy whose name you're not going to hear and they would not be here without him is Will Smith. Will Will Smith was so clutch. The home run that he hit on Friday night to win that game. Just unbelievably. Look, you look at his number. He didn't get a lot of hits. Right, he was struggling a little bit. He does not have a bunch of hits. That home run was huge. Dodgers fell behind 2 to nothing yesterday and look, two runs isn't a huge deficit, but it's also in that area where all of a sudden this thing could get out of hand really fast. He gets a clutch two-out base hit to tie the game to drive in two. You are not going to hear Will Smith very often, but he was invaluable to what they did. Will Smith was one of these guys that in this postseason, he's been snake-bitten. In the first, in the first uh, series against the Brewers, he was 0 for 11. Mm-hmm. Right, he was not getting any type of hits, but he was hitting the hitting ball, the ball hard, hard. Yeah, and he was hitting he was just right at guys. And then he finally broke through with that five for five game against the Padres. And then now all of a sudden, there's just hit after hit after hit, and he's coming up in the big spots. Will Smith has is, if he's not now, he will be very soon the best catcher in baseball. He's right there. He he he's he's again. Th- this is what we're talking about. Mookie played like a superstar. 
Bellinger played like a superstar. Walker Bueller is on the verge of superstardom. We know that the Dodgers have some really big names on that team, but if you're going to win the World Series, if you're going to advance to the World Series, you're going to need a dude like Will Smith, who is what, their seventh best player right now, to get some big hits. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, it was just, it was huge. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let's get right to it. Let's take our first phone call today, 877-710-ESPN. We're going to start in Los Angeles with Raul. Raul, you are on 710 ESPN. What's up? Yeah, hey, Travis. I'm really proud of the Dodgers. They showed a lot of guts and resiliency. And I think if and when we get the chip this year, I think if we make these two moves, we can be a dynasty. Uh, uh, Sign Nolan Arenado. Move him to uh, sign him. Move JT to second. Promote Dave Roberts to director of community relations, and then bring in Sosha and Cora, somebody who knows how to manage a bullpen in the postseason and has rings. Okay, there, <laughs> there's a lot there. Let's let's go through this point by point. Number one, let's win this World Series before we start building on the dynasty. Let's make sure that we cash this one in because, look, I'm, I've already, you know what I've heard a million times, and it just makes me want to pull what little hair I have left out of my head. Hey, you know we got to be careful with these young arms. We got to be careful. Get along. No, no, win the World Series. Okay, win the World Series. What did Oral Hershiser pitch in 1988? About 600 innings in the postseason? Something like that? I think he made 14 starts and came out of the bullpen 11 times in a seven-game series. Okay, let, let's do some of that if we need to win the World Series. If it means pushing a guy a little bit past where he normally goes, I'm okay with that. As for some free agent moves, this is it's interesting. Alex Rodriguez said this on the postgame show last night about how this was huge for the Dodgers because their window's closing. Look, with all due respect, Alex Rodriguez knows more baseball than I do. He doesn't know this team better than I do because that's just flat wrong. That is just flat wrong. The window is wide open. Who are their two best players? Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. They're both on the right side of 30. They're both MVPs, and they are both smack in the middle of their prime. Who are their best pitchers? Walker Bueller, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin. They're all puppies. They're all brand new. They're all guys that they drafted. They don't even have to pay those guys yet. You look around the infield. Yes, Justin Turner is one of those guys that's probably going to have to be replaced at some point in the relatively near future. Corey Seager's not going anywhere. That dude is locked in. This is not a team that is on a last gasp. We got to get this done or it's not going to happen. We just talked about Will Smith a second ago. He is absolutely loaded up. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Next stop is West Covina and Jerome. Jerome, you are on. What's going on, Jerome? Hey, woo-woo! Woo-woo! My goodness gracious, do we really trust Dave Roberts, my man? I, you read my tweet. I heard you. Thank you. But my goodness, I have zero faith. I don't know who's running my team, Dave Rogers or his boss. Well, look, this is the thing that's going to happen when you have a team that is analytically driven that you're going to have guys that this guy pitches to this guy in this situation. Now, a little bit that's gone out the window with one of those new rules. When you have to pitch to three guys, you can't quite follow the numbers as devotedly as you might have done in the past. 
I am a fan of Dave Roberts. I think he's a wonderful manager when it comes to relating to his guys, to getting his guys to play hard, to making sure that people understand their roles. He has their back. You never hear him be critical of players, which I think is very, very important. I'm sure that he's critical to them privately, but never publicly, which I think is important. The criticism I have of Dave, and it was a criticism that I would say would not have been valid last night, but the criticism I have of Dave Roberts is, is that he doesn't follow what's happening in the moment, in the moment. This can go back to the World Series against the Astros. This can go back to the World Series against the Red Sox. This can certainly go back to the Division Series last year against the Washington Nationals. Look at what's happening. Is this guy blowing guys away? Then leave him in. What was it? It was Alex Wood against the Red Sox a couple of years. He was just dealing guys. And just all of a sudden, he's out of the game. It's like, wait, what? Oh, you know, after 60 pitches, he peters out. Okay, well, let's let's make sure that that's true tonight. I understand that over the course of a long season, it may be true. But is it true tonight? And last night, I thought he did a really good job. It was much more of, this is game seven. I got to go by what I'm seeing. I can't let these numbers play out. I thought he nailed it. I thought he absolutely nailed it. Let's try Santa Cl- Santa Clarita, I should say, this time. Tony is up next. Tony, what's going on this morning? Hey, congratulations to the Dodgers. And, and they, they couldn't have won it without those players you just mentioned, but they also couldn't have won it unless uh, Yasiel Puig got the COVID. Because if Yasiel Puig had been on the Braves like he was supposed to be, it would have been way more difficult to win these last three games with Puig there. Because Puig turns it on in the playoffs, it would have been he he would have been DHing or who knows what would have happened. Eh. <laughs> I mean, also, eh. I, look, Puig's fine. Puig's not a difference. Puig's not the difference in that. Dodgers had Puig in the playoffs a bunch of times. They didn't win the World Series. He didn't come Puig, through. Puig, Puig Puig's a good player. The Dodgers had to deal with two guys in that lineup, and I thought they did a relatively good job, especially in the last couple of games. The guys got him early. And when you face Atlanta, you need to deal with Freeman, and you need to deal with Azuna, and you need to deal with Acuna. Those are the three guys. Acuna was quiet. He was quiet, man. He really didn't get much. He had the one game where they blew the Dodgers out. Was it 10-3 to or something like that? He had a pretty good game. Other than that, pretty quiet. Azuna made some noise. He had that one big game. Freeman's terrifying. Freeman's one of those guys, every time he comes up to bat, you're like, oh, dude, hit it at somebody. Hit it at somebody. Or if you got Mookie Betts, just have Mookie climb the wall and bring it back. Those are the guys. Look, Puig's fine, but that this is baseball, man. Guys get hurt. Guys get sick in this case. It happens. You can't say if then. This isn't the NBA, right, where if you're missing one guy, it changes everything. It's not like that. Baseball is all night. If Puig's going to hit four times in a game. There's nobody in this line if you say if he's they're in, they're dead, or if he's out, we got him. It's, it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. Let's try another one. Let's go all the way down to San Diego this time. And Mike, Mike, you're on. What's going on this morning? Hey, Travis. Uh, this is our year this year, man. I'm, I'm feeling uh, real great about this. But my question is on Kirsch. Um, every time I see him pitch here in the playoffs, especially recently, you know what? He, he's still got it. He still shows flashes of himself. And he still shows that dominance that we're used to. But, man, I just haven't seen a guy in recent years that's so snake-bitten. How, how much of this is just old-fashioned baseball god and bad luck? Some, but not all. Some. Look, here, here's the problem with that. I, I, look, I love Clayton Kershaw. He's one of my favorite Dodgers of all time. Dude's pitched over 100 innings in the playoffs. It's not just bad luck. It's not. There, there's been some bad luck. There have been some instances – Don Mattingly, where he's gotten left in the game way too long to take a beating, which have kind of inflated the numbers to a point. He's pitched over 100 innings. The numbers are what they are. You know, you talk about the dominant stuff. 
against who? I mean, he, he went through the Brewers. The Brewers were lousy this year. The, Bre- the Brewers were not a great team. The Brewers were the last team to get in, and he looked okay. Pitched okay against the Padres. And again, Clayton Kershaw didn't pitch poorly against Atlanta. I think he was left in at least one hitter, maybe two hitters too long. But he doesn't, you know, you mentioned that sharp stuff, that wipeout stuff. Clayton Kershaw doesn't have that anymore the way that he does. Dustin May, you could tell those guys, I'm going to throw you that little two-seamer. They're not going to hit it. If it's located right, they're not going to hit it. Bruce Dahl Gratterall throws 100. Nobody's hitting that guy unless it's just luck. You saw Julio in the last three innings. That's wipeout stuff. Bueller has wipeout stuff. A lot of the guys that Clayton Kershaw is pitching against right now, he's getting them out because he's a really good pitcher. He's getting them out because he knows where to set guys up. He knows where to put the ball. That's why Clayton Kershaw still gets guys out, not because he has that great stuff anymore. I would love to see him get a world championship. I would love to see him finally erase that line from his resume of the, yeah, but. Yeah, he's one of the great left-handers of all time. Yeah, he's the greatest pitcher of his generation. But he never won the World Series. Yeah, okay. Let's get rid of that. And he doesn't even have to be a a huge part of it. If this goes like I expect it to, and the Dodgers win in, in the World Series against Tampa, and he pitches exactly like he did against Atlanta, that's fine. I don't care. All it's going to say is Clayton Kershaw, World Series champion, 2020. Not asterisk, he didn't pitch well in the game. I don't care. I just want to get it. Don't you think that Clayton Kershaw is in probably the best possible spot he can be starting game one of this World Series? Oh, yeah. The last time (laughs) he pitched game one of a World Series was in 2017 against the Astros, and he was fantastic. Seven innings, one run, three hits, 11 strikeouts. That's probably the guy that you're going to get, and he's on a much he's playing he's been pitching much less this year. This is the perfect spot to use Kershaw. It is. It, you're right, Greg. It, it's even if he gets rocked, it's not a big deal. It's game one. If he pitches great, great. We won game one, and you keep it moving. I agree with you. It is an absolutely perfect spot. All right, let me give you a little straight talk right now. Just like in football, you want the best coverage with your wireless network without your wallet taking a hit. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same nationwide coverage as big carriers, America's best networks for up to 50% less. Just 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data than 2G with an unlimited plan. No contract or mystery fees. Don't get sidelined with Weak protection, get Straight Talk Wireless. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Boog Shambi is going to join us next. We're celebrating the Dodgers' NLCS win, getting you ready for the World Series right here on 710 ESPN. The Dodgers are into the World Series for the third time in four seasons, and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And looky here, Boog Shambi is on the Shell Pennzoil performance line right now. Good morning, Boog. How are you? What's happening, Trav? Everything good? Everything is good here in L.A., Boog. The Lakers are champions. The Dodgers are getting closer. Yeah. The Rams are off to a good start. It's yeah. a good time to be in L.A., i got to tell you. Yeah, you're not kidding. All right, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even uh, contemplate that, even though I, I watched a good chunk of the NBA Finals. Yeah, all right. All right, let's start right here. So, obviously, the game back and forth a lot last night. We saw the big home runs late with Hernandez and Bellinger. But did it feel to you, because watching it from home, it felt to me that that game entirely changed when the Atlanta Braves made those huge base running errors in the fourth inning? Um, I, I don't know that I, I – I think that it's, it's a big spot. They squandered an opportunity. I don't know that I – I thought that it changed. I don't know that that I really felt like it affected 
something else. You know, look, the Dodgers also had a lot of opportunities in that game that they didn't cash in. So, I mean, the Braves are certainly going to look back at, at that base running play, um, you know, with Dansby and Riley running into outs. And I'm sure that, you know, there are going to be some sleepless nights on that one. But, I, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and tell you that if uh, if they don't run into those outs, maybe the Dodgers – you know, still escape that inning um, in that spot with just the, you know, with just the one run, and you know maybe Hernandez and Bellinger still hit the homers. I don't know. All right, so we saw Julio Urias pitch the final three innings of the game last night, including the ninth inning. Do you think that's the plan going forward? That he's going to be a, a long guy slash closing guy, or do you think we're going to see him get a, at least one start in the World Series? Wow, good question. I think that he's going to get a start would be my guess because, you know, they got to figure out, look, I mean, Bueller on regular rest would be, what, game three. He wouldn't he wouldn't get back to normal rest, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and, and so it'd be Kershaw in game one. You know, they got to figure out how they're going to take down outs in game two. I would say you're probably going to be looking at, at starting him. I mean, I, I think you're going to need a good chunk of innings from from Urias. I don't even know that it necessarily matters, but you're not going to be able, you know, to use him. I don't think you're going to be able to use him three times in the series, uh, you know, in an extended fashion. I think you're going to try and get as many outs out of him as possible. John Bouchami joining us here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Is it just that we kind of, at least for me, and, and you know, I, I'm 48 years old, Boog, so I, I go back a ways watching baseball and the idea of, okay, I got my starting pitcher. I need my horse to go out there and give me seven, eight innings. It still feels like there's a part of that in my brain. Do I just need to flip it and just realize that the days of the starting guys going three times in a seven-game series, giving you six, seven, eight innings every time, they're just gone, and this is the new normal? I think so. I mean, they're going to be outliers. You know, the the, the handful, you know, six, eight guys. Um, you know, look, the Nationals won the way you're talking about. You know, they basically used like seven pitchers last mm-hmm. year. So I, I don't think that it's going to totally go away. But I do think that, you know, that you're seeing a shift. And so... I, look, I don't think it's good that we're totally away from that because I think the narrative of the starting pitcher is a fun part of the game. But I also think that the way teams – look, in the past, if you were going to the bullpen in the fifth inning, you know, the guy that was coming in was throwing 87 with a sinker and a slider and normally <laughs> was going to get lit on fire. Now bullpens are weaponized and the Rays are going to show it to you you know, they're going to throw a bunch of guys that are throwing a bazillion. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, so the bullpen is a weapon. So that's the change. And then just from a data standpoint, you know, you can sit there and long for, I want my starter to go three times in the series and three times through the order. But the reality is, you know, most of these guys, the third time through the order, the numbers change drastically and you're better off trying to get outs with a different dude. Okay, real quick, before we get to the Rays, I just you, you brought up a point that I've been asking for, I don't know, four or five years at least, and I haven't gotten a great answer for it. 
What happened? Why does everybody throw 100 miles an hour now? What what did we discover with the human arm that allowed everybody? Now now 95 is your kind of middle of the road, and it seems like every guy coming out of the pen on almost every team throws 100 now. Okay, well, I, I mean, I have a couple of things to answer for you. I mean, it, it's just progress. It's, you know, it's, I mean... I don't know what did they what did they learn medically fifty years ago? Would you rather have a, a <laughs> cell phone? I mean, you know. So, the, but part of what I would tell you is this: they're training for it, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're training to throw as hard as they can. And then the other part that's definitely shifted, even back from you know John Smoltz days, Oral Hershiser days, there like there's no pacing yourself. I mean, Dave yeah. Roberts said it to us. It's something he talks about with Tony Gonsolin. And when Tony Gonsolin has started, he tells him, hey, man, I don't want any of this 93 stuff. I want you to step on the gas and give us your 95 as long as you can, and then we will get you out of there. So I think that there's the pace component to, you know, it's also why the game is slower. These guys need more recovery time because they're trying to throw the bulk of their pitches as hard as they can, and I think that's part of the shift. So I think it's they are training for velocity, and they've gotten smarter medically in terms of how do we actually do that with weighted balls and that type of thing. But then they're also trying to throw a greater majority of their pitches as hard as possible, um, and I think that's the, you know, the crucial thing. Boog Shami joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Last one before I let you go. Obviously, Randy Rosarena is unconscious right now. Going into the World Series and looking at that matchup, who are some of the other Rays players that the Dodger pitchers are going to have to be careful with? Well, the thing that Kevin Cash does so well is that, you know, depending on right or left, you're going to see different lineups and with, uh, you know, depending on, depending on the arm side of the starter – and then who starts and then where they hit in the order. So, like, Austin Meadows could be a big factor. Hmm. He's a guy, you know, for them, that's big. G-Man Choi is another one um, who can make an impact for them. But, you know, that's a lineup that they're going to kind of – there's depth to it. It's not, it's not the Dodger lineup, I will tell you that. It's not, you know, it's not the Dodger lineup. I mean, the, the contrast here is – the Dodgers are going to need to score, but they're going to be challenged because they're going up against a pitching staff that um, that gets strikeouts and has nasty stuff. It's not a Dodger pitching staff that is especially great at getting the strikeout, not to the level that we've seen in postseasons the last three or four years. So, you know, the Dodgers are going to be asked to score, I think, is, is going to be one of the one of the things in this series. That's Boog Shami. He, of course, was on the call for the National League Championship Series on ESPN Radio. Boog, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Absolutely. All right. You need the best coverage in not just football, but your wireless network as well. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same networks as big carriers for up to half the cost. 45 bucks a month for 12, 25, 25, not 12, 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. More of your phone calls coming up, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We'll read some of your tweets as well, and we'll talk a little bit about what he just mentioned, that matchup with the 
Rays going forward, what do you need to be careful of if you're a Dodger pitcher in that Tampa lineup? That's all coming up next on 710 ESPN. Put some respect on playoff Sliwa's name. Playoff Sliwa coming up after Mason and Ireland. Can't wait for that. Um, All right, here's what's coming up. We're going to talk with Jorge Castillo. That's coming up at 1030. How about this for a question? If I told you the the Dodgers were going to be advancing to the World Series with a Game 7 win and neither Clayton Kershaw or Kenley Jansen pitched, would you have liked that idea or would you have said there's no way they can get that done? That they got through a Game 7? Because keep in mind, those are the only two guys that have been here for this entire eight-year run. Those are the only two guys that have been on all of these teams. And it feels like, and, and not that these guys are done, but it feels like they've moved on to the next guys, that these guys are more supporting players as opposed to lead actors in this play. The lead actors are Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager and Walker Bueller and Julio. Those are the guys that are standing up and doing the really heavy lifting. That Clayton Kershaw and Kenley Jansen have kind of stepped back into those supporting roles, and that's fine. That is absolutely fine. They just need to keep finding ways to win these games. If you look at just the the type of people that, the, that you saw pitching last night for the Dodgers, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, Brizdar Gratterall, Julio Urias, all of them 26 and younger, mm-hmm. and they stayed completely away from the. I mean, Blake Trinan's a little bit older, but I don't. I think he's. I don't even think that he's that old. No, he's not. And and, and Trinan obviously doesn't fall into this. And Gratterall, they got in a trade as well. But most of those other names you mentioned, those are guys they drafted. That's a game seven. In a game yep. seven, they went with all young guys throughout the entire game. This is a changing of the guard. Go, like you're saying goes back to what we were talking with Boog about. Is that you just the days of Oral Hershiser pitching seven and eight innings three times in a series and then coming out of the pen maybe one other time they're, they're they're it's just it's dinosaur stuff it just doesn't work like that look if you if Clayton Kershaw goes out there and pitches eight innings in game one great everybody will take it but when you have a stable full Kevin Cash said this when they got into that beanball war at the Yankees I got a stable full of guys to throw 95 so does every team in baseball and the Dodgers have a stable full of guys to throw a hundred Gratterall throws a hundred Trinan throws damn near a hundred Dustin May throws 100. Tony Gonzalez is in the mid to high 90s. Those guys, it's really hard to get hits off of guys that are throwing 100 miles an hour, it's especially when it's just one after the next. Every guy's a little different. Everybody's got a little bit of a different action. It's just a totally different dynamic. 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Eagle Rock and Raul. Raul, you're on. What's going on, bud? Yes, let's go. 32 years is long overdue, so we need to get this World Series pennant no matter what. So with Dave Roberts, they need to put respect on him. I think yesterday was just based on Roberts' best, like, of the playoff, the way he managed, the people he put in. The only time I doubted him was when he they put in Kike Hernandez, but what? A home run. So I was like, wow, that's amazing right there. No, look, Kike was in the exact right spot. He deployed him exactly early. He had an opportunity to hit for Peterson in the fourth inning, and opted not to do it. He saved him for later in the game and put him in there in the sixth inning when he hit that home run. This is look. The Dodgers have so many weapons. We know about the stars. We've, we said, I've said their name ten times already today. Whether it's Mookie or Bellinger or Seager or any of those guys, those guys are stars. Walker Bueller is a star. But what the Dodgers have are guys like Kike, guys like Chris Taylor, guys like Jock Peterson, 
They can just fill roles. They can do a bunch of different things. And if you want to bring them off the bench one night, great. If you want to start in the next night, great. They can just do a million different things. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oils, and they are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil, based on sequence 4A wear testing using SAE 5W30. Let's go to our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed for the next one. This is from DJ, and he goes... What's up with these calls? First caller, make some offseason moves. Second caller, no faith in Dave Roberts. Third caller, Puig would have beat L.A. Yeah, look, I mean, I get it. We're all fired up. We're all trying to get into this. The one that was kind of weird is let's get this dynasty rolling. Let's let's get one. I would put it to you this way. This is how I like to frame the, the, the amount of time it's taken for the Dodgers to win their next World Series. The last time the Dodgers won the World Series, I was a junior in high school. I now have three kids who have all either completed or are in high school themselves. It's been a minute. It's been a long time since we've had a World Series championship. Put it this way. I, in 1988, I was five years old. I was born in 83. I don't have a single Dodger memory from a World Series. I mean, yes, I remember sitting on the couch next to my brother watching the Kirk Gibson home run, but that's it. This is this To get a World Series right now, to have that actual memory as a fan— it's going to be huge. I think when Gibson hit that home run in 88 was the first time I ever used the F word in front of my parents. <laughs> I think that's what happened, that I was jumping around in the living room. I think that was the first time uh, that that happened. Hey, Trav, you get your skis out yet. It's the last time they won a championship, you know. How, Greg, I don't think I've told this story. I know I haven't told it to you. Adam, you may have heard this before. Yeah. The last time the Dodgers won the World Series, of course, 1988. Kirk Gibson hit the home run in game one off of Eckersley and arguably not just the greatest moment in Dodger history, arguably one of the greatest moments in the history of L.A. sports, maybe number one. I had an opportunity to go to that game. My dad had two tickets. I have a younger brother. And he said to me, do you want to go tonight or do you want to go the next night? And I said, you know what? I have a friend that's going to go water skiing that day. So I went water skiing up at Lake Pyramid up the road and missed the Kirk Gibson home run game. My younger brother was at the game, got to see the whole thing unfolded, and I went water skiing instead. Oh, no, Travis. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's terrible, man. I'm so sorry. Or or maybe I should get a boat and buy some skis and go water skiing again this year because that's the last time it happened. Do not watch game one. One or the other. All right, let's try another phone call here. 877-710-ESPN. If you want to get in on this as well hb is the next stop and paul paul what's going on this morning hey always good to talk to you man listen i i I hear you as it relates to all the interchangeable pieces and that's really what makes them special their roster is stupid deep really really good Um, better than everybody else but man they don't get this thing done without kershaw and jansen having moments and by the way they don't come back from a 3-1 deficit if Jansen doesn't do his thing in games five and six. He was outstanding. In fact, that's as good as that dude has looked in probably three years. I mean, he was blowing, five, he was blowing and, and he was walking around like he thought he was somebody again, and it was really nice to see. Frankly, that dude's going to have to have a moment for these guys to get it done. Hey, good, good to hear you in the morning, dude. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it, Paul. Thanks. Now, look, I agree with what you said, that he did look good, and I agree with what you said that he's going to have to have another moment in the World Series if the Dodgers are going to cash it in. Both of those things are true, I believe. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on he looked great. 
Those were very, very low leverage situations. And what and what I mean by that is there weren't a lot of traffic on the bases. He wasn't having to go into the twenty plus pitch of an inning. That he was really smooth right out of the gate. And the Braves did him a huge favor. I I, I couldn't believe it. Two guys in a row swung at the first pitch with a guy that can't get guys out once guys get on base. A guy that really struggles to put hitters away. And you're hacking at the first pitch, two guys in two pitches, two outs. Yeah, that's what you saw. And it was you got five, six, seven, six, seven, eight were the guys that he was seeing. And like you said, he was getting first pitch swings on a guy that if he gets to those that fifteen pitch mark, he's done. He's already he's gonna be completely blow up. So yeah, if you can get if I think that's something that Tampa Bay will do is they're gonna be a little bit more patient if they see uh Jansen in there. Because you know, once you get to that fifteen pitches, see ya. Absolutely. All right, more phone calls coming up, eight seven 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 ten ESPN plus. I'm gonna tell you something that I got dead wrong about this Dodger team. That's all coming up next on seven ten ESPN. <laughs> 